Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. I really had to put on my uh, podcast voice right then because I am so tired. Um, I just got back from um, being at church camp with my kids. It was kids camp, and it ran from like Saturday to Thursday, and I was a lunch lady. And you think, oh, a lunch lady, no big deal. Let me tell you. Sloppy Joe. Slop, sloppy Joe. Right. The hours are rough, number one, because I think bre- breakfast is at like eight, like 7.45, 8 o'clock, and you have to prepare it before then. And then these kids would look at me like they'd never seen food before. And I'm like, do you want oatmeal or cream of wheat? Yes or no? If you don't know what it is, then just say no. I I or I had this one kid that I I swear it was almost five minutes of deliberating if he wanted a peanut butter cookie or a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> and there's a whole line behind him. And I'm like, do you want the peanut butter or the chocolate chip? Like, I just I just just take I, one, man. I mean, I do just take a cookie. It's not life or death. Take a cookie. I know. And then some kids would be like, sure. If I asked them if they wanted something to eat, I'm like, I. I don't, I don't care if you don't eat it. Like, it doesn't hurt me personally if you don't take the food. Like, I just don't. Oh, man. Yeah, it's some special kids. It was crazy. And I just, I could not sleep and get doing a lot of prep work for my new job to start on Monday. Monday of all days. Craziness. And in America, we are coming up on Independence Day. So there's all kinds of, like, picnics and activities and fireworks which our oldest daughter hates so we try to actively avoid them jason's band is playing every other day so it is like a big brouhaha over here at our house this week that's true next week it is like every other day almost <laughs> yeah i can't believe we're already in july too like it's just crazy our kids go back to school in the middle of august so summer is like over halfway over yeah, it'd be nice to get those kids back in school. They need to get some education in their bodies. No, because that means I got to deal with all kinds of other stuff. Cheer practice and school supplies and oh, that's what true. teacher yeah, am I harassing this year? You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But we're not to fall yet. We're not to school starting yet because we're in con season, folks. That is where we are. And um, in honor of that... We were at Origins because Origins is like basically in our backyard. It's a little less than an hour away from us. And we went hard just one day at Origins because of all all these other things that we had going on, like work and camp and stuff. Um, so we wanted to kind of do, Jason calls it a post-mortem, which sounds terrible. I don't like that word. It's, de- it's dead to me. It's dead to it's me. It's a review as we look back at no, Origins po- and then look forward maybe to Gen Con. So let's start with games that we played either at or ones that we saw and purchased and played at Origins and beyond. All right. So this is the section I like talking about the most because I like playing games. That's what this channel is all about. So, the first game we're going to talk about is a game that we have been wanting for a year. Pretty much since last Origins, I believe. Yes, I was so onto it, last Origins. Yeah, and this may may have been one of, on one of our um, 
anticipated games this year list. I can't remember, if, or if we'd left it off because we talked about it before. But the game is distilled, and it's from Paverson Games. And Katie, actually at, G- at Origins, got to play this game. I did not. But since then, I have played, and this game is great. It is a game about making spirits in a distillery, hence the name. But what that really boils down to is you are buying some ingredients to use in certain types of drinks, buying recipes. Then you're going to be mixing some cards together, removing a couple cards, doing a little push your luck, and hoping that you have the proper ingredients left after all that is said and done to make the drink that you were trying to drink or something. You're going to probably make something, but maybe not the one you want. And you're trying to get the most points. You're trying to get money to move into the next round so you can buy more ingredients, more factory upgrades, all that kind of stuff just to have the best distillery. That's it. It's played over seven rounds. It looks like it's a beast of a game, but it really boils down to pretty simple. You're buying cards and you're shuffling a deck and making a drink. But it it's kind of a beast, I think, for some people. And But it's good. So, Katie, you can go ahead and talk about your experience at Origins if you want or all that. That was like the most anticlimactic discussion of this game I've ever heard in my life. What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I talked. Then go for it. You 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 correct the you correct the record. Absolutely. Um, so last year at Origins, this was being demoed. They were doing some kind of um, pre sales on it, and I oh man, we talked to Dave Back, the designer, and I was like, dude, this looks really good, right? It's and we did like a little quick demo, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like it was super on theme, um, because when you go to distill a spirit on your action. They have it really be thematic. So when you are distilling spirits, you will take off like the first pour, like the top part, because that's the stuff that'll kill you. That's like the the white lightning that'll make you go blind. You don't want that stuff. So you take it out. And in this game, you pull a card out of the ingredients and things you have in um, your, gosh, I wish I knew the name of it. Washhead, maybe? Uh, washback. Washback. Then you take the bottom, the dregs. That stuff's bitter. Mm-mm. But both that first p- first pull and the dregs, you can use a you can use again when you distill later. Which so thematically, you keep those cards in your pantry and you can use them the next time you distill spirits. Really cool. I loved that from the beginning. And um, Jason's like, we can't back this; it's too expensive. You know the I, I stand by that. It was still expensive. It was still expensive. <laughs> so I went back this year. I'm looking longingly at the place. Uh, the mustache meeple talked to me and was telling me all about it. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, this is so good. I want this game real bad. Whatever. I came back to the booth later. Both Dave Beck and the mustache people were like, hey. Katie you're back and I was like oh hey like I have a following it was really crazy um, they were trying to make a sale I know I guess my purple hair makes me distinctive or something so people remember me more than other people I don't know everybody at Origins had colored hair that's true so I, yeah I don't know why they remembered me <laughs> for no reason um, but after the third time by the booth because they were just down the roadway from our friends the Borgay Rundown who had their own booth in aisle 800 so we were often chatting with our friends, so I was often passing the papers and games booth. Um, and they did actually had a really great deal um, to get both the game and the expansion, which includes Africa and the Middle East kind of countries and spirits, more player 
cards and a little mini and, expansion and a mini too. expansion. I was getting to that, dude. Get off oh, me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, for basically the same price as they're selling the game itself, and I'm like, ooh, that's real tempting. Then they had like this all in. They had some awesome like metal coins and metal cubes. And this player map, but the player map really was only for this special market. So it wasn't for all the things. So, of course, Jason being Jason, I would have been like, let's do everything. But we we did get the... It wasn't necessary. It, it really wasn't. It wasn't. I talked myself around a practicality. We did get the game. Um, I actually played someone else's copy that night after we bought it. Um, so my friend taught it, but it was really late at night, right? Um, so everyone that was playing was super tired. It took a billion years to play. And I already ba- knew the basic flow of the gameplay. So after playing it that late at night, I, I played terribly. I played terribly the first time. There's so many different things that I didn't think about. I don't know if my brain couldn't handle it. The second time I played, when I taught it again, um, it made a lot more sense to me. Things slowed better. And I think that that is true of this game. One play is not enough for this game. One play shows you the mechanics of the game. The second play shows you strategy. Because it's not only do you want to make certain spirits, they're going to give you points. I mean, do I want to leverage the aging of the spirits versus like ones that don't require aging? What are my personal goals? Um, What are the goals that are out there? There's like three group goals that you can vie for during the game. Um, getting bottles, creating a bottle collection is going to give you points too. Um, paying attention to like, there are certain upgrades that will give you points as well. Certain bottles, certain types of uh, ingredients that will give you more points when you make a certain spirit. So there's so many ways to go about this. And they call the, they have like these flights, which are the different types of spirits recipes that can be distilled during a game they have a through n a through n i mean i'm still getting the hang of a but i can play all the way through n and you've got all these different characters that have different special powers which are really cool um you know different regions there's actual like great information text and stuff in the book about the distilling process which i think is really interesting for a nerd like me uh on the cards and stuff some of them are are hilarious like there's this big jug that has like three x's on it (laughs) that you can buy to put your spirits in and you get extra points you put moonshine in there because duh moonshine belongs in a jug or there's this plastic like liter bottle that gives you a ton of money because yeah you can sell it to those college kids but it's like negative one point like prestige point because i mean you're making the spirits in that plastic leader bottle. But it it is, I, it's kind of a heavy game because you have to balance things. So if you really don't play a lot of medium to heavy games, this would be a little bit of a leap. If you have played several of those, or at least play a lot of medium weight games, the jump to this one is not that big of a deal. That would be my assessment of, the level of difficulty because you do just have to balance. You have to think ahead. You have to do some planning. What do I need to have? What can I do without? Um, what's going to earn me points? Am I going to need to age this or not? Am I going to need some research for a different recipe or not? You know, you have to kind of think of that first. Um, and if you can't juggle some of those things, then that makes that really ups the difficulty of this. Otherwise, no, I don't think it's that difficult, especially after an initial play where you kind of fumble through, okay, here's how turns work. Okay, now I'm going to work on strategy next time. 
Yeah, I think I actually played this solo while you were at camp one night. Mm. And, um, well, I did a two-player solo game because I don't like doing the solo stuff because it's annoying. Um, but I didn't realize that when you're making a spirit, sometimes you can't have certain fruits in there. I didn't realize that before. Oh, yeah. Like, there are a lot, you know, like the, the circle with the line through it. Right. So you can only have specific fruit. And I don't think I did that the first time we played. I was just like, oh, whatever. But mm. so I, I missed that part, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. It makes it a little little trickier right you just can't throw everything in there so that's why like when i play i have recipes that require i only pick recipes that have the same type of um plant or sugar that i that is in like my specialty recipe or like i go after the ones that have the same so either it's too like they're all plant-based or they're all fruit-based or they're all grain-based so that way whatever turns up i have a recipe for it that's going to make me points yeah, that, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so needless to say, distilled is good. Um, yeah, we have we do have a video. I did one of those too. Oh, okay. So, there we go. I'm looking forward to playing it again. Um, I'm looking forward to playing it enough times that I play it with people that are like, hey, yeah, let's try it with a, a different flight of spirits that we can use or whatever. I played it with G when I did it by myself just because I wanted to f- see some other mm-hmm. ones. It didn't feel that different, other than there were more aged ones, right? And there, there were let, uh, there was only one bronze recipe, so all the other ones were more expensive. So they were more expensive, uh, okay. and they were they were aging. So I think it just changes some of that piece up, which does make it a little more difficult because if you age a spirit, you don't always you're going to have less money. So that does make it a little more difficult, especially. And then if you have to pay more to research different recipes, yeah. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it didn't feel drastically different, though, no. just maybe a little more punishing. Yeah. Yeah, so it was good. I'm so glad we finally have this game. And I'm super looking forward to Payerson's next game, Luthier, uh, which is not ready for preview or anything, maybe at Gen Con. I don't know. Um, but I totally want to play it. Yeah, I said Kickstarter was next year, which is crazy, but <laughs> nothing like they're doing the man versus meeple treatment on that one. Except I don't get to play it, so that's sad. <laughs> that's true. All right, so the next game is actually a game that was on my anticipated list only because of the cuteness factor. And we stopped by this company's booth and actually picked up two games, which will be the next two that we talked about, Last Night Games. Uh, we'll probably talk more about them later. But the game that we played is The Finest Fish. I actually played this at Origins, but Katie has played it since. And this is a cute little game where everybody has a goldfish. And the theme of the game is actually pretty interesting. You're trying to have the best goldfish to enter it into like some kind of competition. That's the theme. Um, but what you're really doing is it's you're, you're drafting little scale tiles of a whole bunch of different colors, and you're trying to put patterns onto your fish. And if you can make certain patterns to match these cards that you cards that you can take, you're going to score some points. If you get big clusters of a certain color of scale, you get some extra points. If you just go hard into the black scales, which are only worth a point, they're never on cards. They don't count as a cluster. You can get a point for all those tiles. So there's three ways to score points. You can take any of those routes that you want. I think they're all viable. Um, but this game is it's fun. It looks super simple, but actually with some of the patterns, it kind of burns your brain a little bit, which was not what I was expecting from this game, I think, when I played it the first time. But I love the way the fish looks when you have all the, top, the scales on it. Uh, 
there's like everybody's goldfish that they're playing with is different. There's a black one, a white one, two different colors of orange. That just just looks fantastic. It's an adorable little game. Glad we picked it up, and I like this one quite a bit. Um, it's like Azul-esque with the drawing of the tiles, but I think I like the gameplay a little bit better, and the scoring makes way more sense than Azul. So, yeah, Finest Fish, good one. How do you feel about this one? I really like this one. Um, I know Jason kind of mentioned it. I'm like, okay, Fish Scales. I thought it was a kid's game, but really it is more this app. It looks like a kid's game. It does. Because the fish are so adorable. And honestly, like, for me... Y'all know I love a good production quality. Uh, you know, I love things that are really tactile to play with. These scales are dope. The fish is cool. They even had this, like, a big version of this over in one of the, um, like, playing halls, which looked really awesome, too, but just the regular game. Like, really nice little scales that slide right into each other. I think, are they wooden? Yeah, they are wooden. Yep. Um, and then you've got your dual layer fish, so they fit right in there. Um, the fish is adorable. I make. It, I want to make it swim around. Um, and it, it's so the openness of how you can play, I think is what adds to the difficulty. Oh yeah, you can put your tiles in there however you want to. You can do whatever you want to as long as you're placing them correctly. And then it's on you. You want to score cards? You want to do your thing? Yeah, it's. I don't necessarily love those games all the time. I like the restrictions, but this one is fun. I like. Focus it on the cards. That's probably how I'll always play it. Well, this is definitely one where you can choose and then each time try a different strategy. So I was like, okay, all I'm going to do is put groups of pattern scales together, like specifically patterns. I didn't even do like plain colors. I was like, screw these cards. I can't focus on too many things at once. I'm just going to try to draft scales that have patterns on them and put them in groups. So I had like two main groups. I ended up with like a third. I completed like two cards maybe. Um, you had some black tiles too, right? Yes, and then I had to creep some black tiles in because I was there weren't scales available that matched my patterns. I was like, dang it, come on. Um, but like, you know, other people went heavy into the cards. Um, you know, we played this with Brian and Josie, and Josie tried to do like a little bit of everything. And we were all... Which I think, I think that could be viable, though. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. You got to really do it, I think, better than it was done. <laughs> yeah, like you can't, you have to like, think about each one all the time as opposed to being like, Oh, I'll go this way. Oh, I want to switch to this way. Like you really have to kind of think about what do you want to do going forward? Um, but it's, it's lighthearted, but still like the choices really are very difficult. Um, and it's so beautiful to look at. So I, I really want to play this one again. I wanted to play it the other day, but we had five people and it only plays to four, which is sad. Yeah, which it, it could definitely have five players. It it wouldn't add like no time at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, yes, it's super super good. Um I hope that it gets a lot more um love, a lot more focus and attention because it deserves it. Such a good game. Yeah, I agree. Um speaking of the same company, we also picked up this other game that I wasn't super sold on at the booth, but Katie was into it. And it's a, a little roll and write, well, flip and write game, I guess, called Horticulture. In this box, it's just pencils, cards, and a sheet. And the interesting thing about this game is, which kind of the reason why I didn't want to get it, because it looks super simple on the table. Like, it was just a blank sheet and some cards, and the cards just had two little, vet, like, plants on them. But the interesting thing about this game is, basically, you're preparing your whole entire game at the very beginning, 
you're preparing how you're going to be scoring these different vegetable or plants. You're also going to be putting this pathway as a group. You're going to be putting this pathway in the middle of your sheet that everybody has to deal with. It's going to cut your garden basically in half. And then you're going to be putting a garden gnome, which is going to give you extra points somewhere in your map. So you're trying to make sure that you can navigate the path away from your gnome and all that stuff. And so then once all that's done, then you're going to start playing. And the gameplay is really simple. You're going to take your, um, you're going to have a certain number of these cards. Whoever's turn it is going to flip two. Each of the cards has two things on it, two plants. And that person's going to pick one. And every player is going to write those two plants onto their board somewhere. Um, their placements are you have to go to the outside. You have to, you have to place next to the outside, next to the pathway, or next to your gnome, or in your window box. And a window box is kind of just an extra place to score points. And you're trying to do these different groups of, of plants to score points in order to score like the grapes, for example, you'd have to have six of them together orthogonally adjacent. So you're trying to work on that. You're trying to work on your garden plan, having certain plants on the outside, certain plants next to the path, certain plants next to each other, trying to do all that stuff to score as many points as you can. And it seems like it's a super simple game, just like finest fish. But when you really get to playing it, it's kind of thinky and tricky. And it took me by surprise. It really did. So I'm glad we picked this one up. You were right. Um, so yeah, I did horticulture. How'd you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I really like this one. I list. I had it explained to me. I don't know. You were maybe looking at something else, or talking to somebody else. Um, but someone at the booth was explaining that. Yeah, you. I chose to put this here and this here, and then we were trying to lay it out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Um, and then you play it and you're like, oh, this shouldn't be that hard. But it is really hard because um, you never know what card's going to come out, what other people are going to pick versus what you have picked. And just planning where those little uh, your little trees and and vegetables go like it it's it's tense. The last time we played it, I thought I think the scores were all really pretty close. Yeah, they were within like nine, I think. Uh, from first to last. And if you want to talk about multiple passes of victory, good night. I mean, depending where the gnome is on um, what plant you say needs to be next to something else. I didn't even completely understand the story myself when I went into it. So after playing it, I'm like, oh, I guess like, yeah, the score was points this way. The scoring's a, a little more convoluted than Finest Fish, for sure. But once you do it, you're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. But I, I used to think that I didn't like rolling rights or flipping rights. Um, and I don't know, maybe a, a majority I don't, but I have several, the ones I do like, I really like, and this one is super cute. Um, I'd like to laminate a couple sheets of this just because then it kind of makes, uh, some longevity for it. But a lot of people, the plant, um, theme is really popular and, you know, p putting out your little garden and a little gnome, you know, that's so cute. So it makes this like really accessible as far as a theme. But yet there's some seriously freaking thinky decisions that make this like a game. You're like, no, don't pick that. Oh, man, another radish. And you're like, why do we care so much about radishes? But now we do uh, because of this game. So, yeah, it's really good. I want to play this one again with my family as well because I think it's super fun. Yeah. And this one plays to 10 players, which is cool. That is cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a flipping right, so it should be able to play infinite number of players. But I appreciate that it can do a bunch of players. All right, so before we get into this last one, this is one that I played by myself. I want to talk about a couple other games that we bought um, mm -hmm. that we're not going to talk about because we didn't play them. Um, so we have 
we went to the Capstone booth. Well, I guess we can talk about that. But we bought Joan of Arc and Juicy Fruits. Mm-hmm. Because Juicy Fruits is great and we didn't have it. Um, trying to look around and see what else we have. Um, Come Together, which is a game about putting on like a Woodstock festival. Fiction and Ghosts of Christmas from All Play. And what else? Trying to think what else. Oh, um, Haunt the House. Oh, yes. From Kids Table, Table Board Games. Board games. Yeah. And a couple expansions for Rec Raiders from Kids Table Board Games. And, I, and well, Finest Fish, Horticulture, and Distilled. And I think that's it, mostly. There might be, a, like, a few little ones in there, but that's the majority of it, I think. Yeah, so it was nice that we not only picked up some good games that we got to play, play some games while we were there and since then. Because that's really what we care about. But what a lot of other people care about is the con itself. Um, while we may not do justice to the con, like some people, you know, we were we're there not just, I think, as media people. Um, like, yes, we like publishers and we like learning about new games and we like meeting people. Um, but we're really not there to record interviews or all that other people do that that's great um we want to find out about games we want to talk to people about games we want to play games so that we can kind of share those experiences with you so we want to talk a little bit reflect a little bit on our origin experience and one of the things that we did notice i would say overall there is a lack of actual games in my opinion yeah i agree I agree. There were some, obviously. We just talked about some. We bought some. Um, but compared to previous years, the ratio of uh, booths that had games to demo, to buy, to look at versus booths that had game-adjacent items, your dice, your scale mail jewelry your wormwood stuff organizer thingies it it was it was those were a lot higher that those i wouldn't say they outnumbered the games but there were like two whole aisles basically at the very beginning like in the one two hundreds that were mostly board game adjacent stuff there were some little indie game companies in there that had like a game about adult themes and last night games was in that row which i i do love but it was mostly like there were books there was art there were uh tons of jewelry actually this year right. a lot more than i remember in the past uh but the thing that makes me the most sad which you know how much i love my old and crusty games oh my gosh there's a booth at origins normally it's a rio grande booth it's basically like the thrift it's like a thrift store of in shrink old games that nobody wants that's how i kind of look at it <laughs> and funko there pops. are some good yeah right and funko pops there are like some new hotness games in there like occasionally but it's basically a lot of like early 2000s euro games that were good but now they're more than a year old so nobody gives them the time of day and i love that booth you can go in there and buy like 12 games for like 52 cents <laughs> it's and it's not that bad <laughs> It, it's pretty cheap. Like a game is like 10 bucks if you go in there. So you can come out with a decent amount of games without going broke. And I love that booth. So as soon as I went in there, I was looking for the thing hanging on the ceiling. It's like, I got to go to the Rio Grande booth. And then people told me it wasn't there and I was real sad. Deflated. 
and it better be back next year. I'm never going to Origins again. That is not true at all. You don't know. I do know. <laughs> I, I do know, and you will. Yeah, not only that, but um, Pandasaurus wasn't there. Lucky Duck wasn't there. Um, That's true. That is true. I forgot about Lucky Duck. Quite a few publishers that, like Loki and, I mean, R.I.P. Yellow USA, but, you know, those kind of booths, no. Which is, I think, which is why I was saying, like, there just was less, a pres- a less pres- a lesser presence. I'm going to say this right. A lesser presence of games overall. Um, and I don't know if that's an economic side effect. If it's, uh, if this is a trend, like, is Origins going to not be a place where you can get games again? Because I've heard that at one point in time, and maybe, maybe before we started really going pretty faithfully, that, you know, the place to get games was Gen Con and Origins was just not that big of a deal. Well, I think it doesn't help that Gen Con is a month after Origins, too. But it's always been so, that way. I know, but maybe maybe now after, you know, the COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff, people are tightening up on the, the wallet and like, we can't spend that much money a month apart, you know? So maybe it's it could be a problem now where it wasn't before as much of a deal, you know? Yeah. And I, not, and honestly that's probably just a bigger problem for us who we're so we're so close to the site of origins and in general are not big crowd people, which is why for a long time we've just avoided Gen Con completely that we don't get the option anymore and we're gonna have to make it to Gen Con if we really want to see the games. Yeah, which is is sad. It shouldn't have to be like that, but I mean, I'm just a consumer, so what do they care what I think? Well, but I mean, um, I also get it that yeah, it it is a lot of expense, and I will say, I mean, I I I don't want to be like a a negative Nancy or anything, but like this year there were no educator passes. Like we have gone previously. Um, for free as media people, which we don't necessarily expect, but you know, that does make it more reasonable for us to be able to get to because we can actually afford it. And I'm, I don't understand why origins changed a lot of that either. I don't know if there's financial trouble. I'm not privy to any of that necessarily. And I don't want to like speculate on something that's way above my pay grade, but it just was, it was evident that there was a difference this year. And that's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, which I guess is not necessarily terrible for some of the smaller companies. So, like we mentioned up at the top, we bought two games from Last Night Games, which is probably my favorite booth there because the games that we got from them have been fantastic. So, because there's not as many big ga- bigger companies, it lets some of these little companies maybe get some more attention that they m- might not have gotten before. So, I mean, maybe that's what Origins is going to sh- switch to, a more of an indie smaller company type of thing and some of the big ones will just hold out for gen con i don't know um yes and i oh i wonder if i can see who i was trying to figure out who the names were of the guys who are were at the last night games booth i think it was it's the designers um nate Nate and jake jake jenny yes or jen or it's jen it's jenny they commented on a video jenny they were so great 
let me tell you, wonderful, sweet people. Um, we were also humble, humble, because we were also there talking to a guy who is a designer, Ammon Anderson. Shout out. He doesn't listen to us, I'm sure. Um, who was telling us, like, I think, was it Life? One of them got a Mensa, some kind of Mensa award. It, it was the Chameleon Life of Game a Chameleon. Mensa. Yeah. yeah, one of as a Mensa Select winner, it has a seal of approval from the Dice Tower, um, which I I had not played Life of Chameleon. It I know we knowing what I know now, I would have probably picked that one up too. Right, it looks great. <laughs> it's like stacking, which I think is really interesting. But what I'm like, they also have this Galaxy Rush game, which is cute too. I think it's a two player only though. Oh, maybe yeah. I don't. I didn't look at that one too much. And I don't even like space games. Yeah, two-player drafting. But the artwork on it is actually really pretty. Like, it's a space game that's not all black. I love that. And then I see they have an upcoming game called Panda Royale. It's a dice drafting game. Um, Just the little bit, the cute little um, icon they have on their website is flipping adorable. And so I'm going to be looking out for that because these guys are so great, humble. Um, I think the Finest Fish was also up for the Best of Origins Award. It also has a Dice Tower seal of approval. I mean, we rambled on about it forever because it's wonderful. Uh, good. Com- it has a go ahead. It has a board game accepted seal too. Board game mechanics. Oh, seal. oh yeah. Look at that. I'm sure that they're that's important. Putting that on their that's website. Uh, they should. <laughs> but the thing is like wonderful people so nice um good quality components not overpriced i oh yeah uh finest fish is was 35 bucks and it has fantastic components like if you would have gotten that from some probably some other company it would have been 50 dollars or 60 dollars right but yeah, it, I don't know how they were making it so nice for so cheap. And the horticulture was maybe what 20 15 20 bucks? It was 20 bucks. Yeah. Um which other companies will charge 30 for a roll and roll and flip, right? A flip and rate. Right, right. Um but super nice, super approachable, quality work, um thinky, quality, well thought out games. Like I I was really happy to discover them. Um, and I definitely am going to keep my eye on last night games in the future. Uh, the fact that they have this Panda Royale dice drafting in the future, you better believe I'm looking out for that for news. So yeah, that was a really wonderful discovery. I think as part of our origins. Yeah. I reached out to them after I did the finest fish review and said, Hey, I enjoyed my time at, you know, getting to know you guys and, and hanging out at your booth. It was one of my favorite booths at the con and you know, Here's what we think about your game if you happen to care. And that's when they, he's like, yeah, this is how you say our last name. Good job. And then he sent me a nice message back, said he'd put me on the mailing list for uh, reviewers, which is cool. So maybe we can check out that Panda game in the future. Yeah. But I mean, in all seriousness, if y'all are looking for like some games that have good quality production that aren't overwhelming as far as to learn them, but have good like quality, like thought decisions, check out last night games. So worth it. So worth it. For sure. Yep. Highly recommend. So we also, I mean, we demoed a few games, not actually a ton. um, Because again, there weren't that many there to demo that I cared about. Katie probably cared about more, but I didn't care about (laughs) that many. But one that we did demo, and I've been wanting this for a while, so we did buy it. I don't think Katie really 
was that interested. But we demoed Come Together a little bit. Uh, we just did like a little round overview. And I don't know, the, the theme just, I love games about being in bands and music. And that kind of right there just won me over. But I also played this by myself while you were at camp to learn it. And it's pretty good. It's a good game. So just wanted to give that a shout out because it's a good game and I like it. So, Well, and I'm not saying it's going to be a bad game because Jason mentioned he watched Rado play it. So this is a, a game about putting on basically your own music festival, like your own wood, yeah, like Woodstock. Woodstock. But, yeah. you know, they can't say that it's Woodstock, um, which in theory, cool. Um, the the demo left me a little underwhelmed and well, bless this guy's the guy heart. didn't do a very good job. I, I don't know that he yeah I, he maybe had never played it himself um there were a lot of other games at the same booth to to learn and understand um so this didn't seem to be to be his forte so i was like okay you really like this game jason he's like yeah let's buy it i'm like whoa Okay. I mean, I, I knew more about it than you did because, again, I watched Rado play and, it. But and the guy did the demo. Yeah, I could have probably taught it just from watching Rado's video like a year ago better than he did. <laughs> Poor guy. He'll never listen to our podcast. He doesn't know who we are, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but I, I'm excited to actually try and play it because I think, I, to me, I love the idea of something really thematic like putting on your own festival and, and getting music groups on the stage and finding places for those dirty hippies to camp. I, I like that. So I think it's interesting. Uh, the demo was a little rough, but that's all right. The, it was, it's colorful. It's cool. Um, I also love the Beatles. So I like come together as a general rule. Really? Right. Yep. Yeah. So then you did some a demo of a game that I don't even want to talk about. So I have it. Okay. I talked about this as uh, maybe did I put this on my anticipated game? Yeah, it origins? was on your, okay. your anticipated. Yeah. Because you had me at deduction, right? Okay. But deduction plus like social storytelling. Oh, I'm so in. The artwork on this is awesome. So dubious. I did not play it myself, but I didn't need to. Um, I sat and watched three other people play it, and I, I really caught it early on in the demo, and I just said, hey, can I see in here and creep on your demo? And they're like, yeah, cool. Uh, so in Dubious, like you – and I, I'm sure I mentioned this when I talked about it the other week, where you choose a secret identity, uh, like your, your occupation, and then you also choose like a secret, like maybe your um, – a mailman who's a kleptomaniac or you are a prince who has a gambling habit. I don't know. Anyway, they have these lists. You choose those. And then there's three questions that you set out at the beginning of the round um, that kind of you have to think about, okay, who, I, who am I if I were to say like, oh, if I could eat a meal, what would it be? based on the fact that I am a kleptomaniac mailman. Now, some of the answers may not be obvious. It That does require a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of imagination, which I think is awesome. And so you're kind of walking... Sounds awesome. Shut up. You're walking that scoring line of, I want, I do want to help someone figure out my secrets and my identity, but I don't want everyone to... That, which happens a lot in in some of these kind of deductive type games. 
so your questions, your answers to these questions then shouldn't be too obvious, but they, they should reveal something about your character. And it's really interesting to see how many, the choices people made. Um, you've got this really neat scoring pad that helps you kind of consider what you think people might be based on their answers. You can take copious notes. Like it's actually a really large um, note-taking area, which I think can really help you figure it out. Um, the artwork to this is super cool. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to describe the style. I just really like it. And it actually has a couple different themes that you can play through. Uh, but one has just like these people's faces. It's just this mask. So it's like a secret mask, but there's no actual face behind it. It's like mask and hats and clothing, but no actual bodies, which for some reason I just think looks cool. I don't know. That's what the box cover is, right? Yes, it's the box cover is. And it looks awesome. Um, but I, I could tell the people that played this were having a really good time um, kind of laughing and thinking through. And yes, they were like, well, this is really hard. It is hard. Um, but it's just it's such an interesting take on like deduction plus a little bit of that social deduction, but but not like... You're not really lying. You're telling the truth just in a very interesting way. Um, needless to say, we did not buy this game because Jason would never want to play it. But I really hope I get to play it sometime because it looked really, really fun. The box cover is cool. I'll give you that. The box cover is cool. I, Thank you. I do like the, the look of the box cover. Yeah, just, I don't know. I'm not good at imagination and pretending and coming up with stories it's just not the way my brain works so i know i would not have fun with this um so i just ran away with it ran away from it like it was an alligator trying to eat me he did i like he's like eh, i'm out of here and i'm like what the it just disappeared yeah i am gonna go do anything else besides this um yeah was, so that's what i did i was like seriously we couldn't sit and watch a demo for a game that i like as opposed to all the games you like we're gonna sit and watch the whole thing Yep, that sounds right. Let's sit with this terrible come together <laughs> demo, but heaven forbid a deduction game we look at for five minutes. <laughs> that would have been five minutes I can never get back. Yes, well, guess what? I had my share of five minutes I can't get back. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. And now I own the game for it too. <laughs> All right, let's move on from this one, uh, the controversial one. <laughs> So we already mentioned this. Our friends from the board game rundown had a booth there right down from Paverson and they were doing a bunch of like actual good media stuff. Um, interviews. Stuff that we should probably interviews. be doing, but we're not because <laughs> yes. we're only pretty okay. They're, yeah. And they're posting a bunch of videos from what they did. They interviewed Martin Wallace, which I'm a little jealous. I didn't get to meet Marty, uh, Eric Lang. Those are the two big ones. Um, but yeah, they had a booth. They were doing, doing their thing. We were stopping by there, bothering them a little bit. Um, so yeah, that that was entertaining, but I'm not into that kind of press stuff. That's not it's never been my forte. The interviews, the schmoozing people, trying to network, I, it's not my bag. Um, so if if that's what I have to do, I'm not going to do it because I just can't do it. So more power to them. I'm glad they they're doing their thing, but just not for me. Yeah, and they really had a good time. Um, some of them had I had never been to Origins before. I think. Um. No, I thought they all had. Really? Maybe not their like techie guy, but I think they've all been there before. I didn't think Mike had been there before. He said, "Well, I didn't think so either." But he made a comment today on a Facebook group that he played it. At, he played some game at Origins in 2015. 
So maybe he just hadn't been there for a long time. Maybe I don't even know these people. I mean, I thought we were friends. Now they've got secrets. Oh, man. So Mike is the one who's not Tim, (laughs) not Bob. And we don't don't talk about Dan. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and absolutely. If you want um, interviews and that kind of stuff, by all means, check out their channel. Like, they're our friends. um, And... That's that's why there are different people in board game media so that everyone can find something that they like and can, you know, get the coverage they want and talk about the games they want. So agreed. Yeah. Good news. Check them out. Also, via um, our friends, the board game rundown, our friend Tim, his brother and sister law were there who we really they're just the best people. I don't think they listen to our podcast which is good for them. Uh, they may. They may. I, yeah, I don't know for sure. Um, but they are they are serious board gamers, and they're che- always checking stuff out. And so we passed them a couple times. Like, oh, yeah, you need to go check out this booth. And they sat down and played a bunch of games. Like, they always do a con up right. Pat and Julie are like, yeah, we got our snacks and our bags. You know, they pace themselves. They're like, okay, we're going to go through the hall. We're going to pick up some stuff. We'll go through a second time. Then we're going to just sit down and play some games. We brought some of the games we like in case we didn't find something. I mean. Yeah, we didn't We didn't get to play any games with them this time. That was Yeah, which was sad. Yeah, we were only there for one day, and they were doing their thing, and we were doing our thing, apparently. And just, <laughs> Whatever. And then, it didn't work is. out. It didn't work out. One of these days. We'll, we'll be better, but, but I mean, yeah, we've gone over to their house for some a couple game nights. Um, we actually stayed over there one time, did a couple of days of gaming. <laughs> so yeah, th- they're good people, and we have one room filled with games. They have like eight. They have a house filled is, with games. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Hashtag goals, Pat and Julia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about this next one at all. Why is it on here? I don't know. You put it on here. Oh, that's the um. That's the booth where you got the earrings from. Oh. And the cup. Oh, I forgot their name. Okay, so here's... Uh, yeah, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> paying attention. Oh, please. You were mad. So I was wandering by this booth. That had some... Yeah, I did. I did walk off on this one, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, this booth has got some... I was just like, just checking in, especially when I, I do have a lot of... Like board game related stuff. That's just what happens. Um, but then I saw these really adorable earrings inside this booth, and they were um, really just small. Um, why can I not remember the name of it for the life of me? I swear my brain doesn't work anymore. Um, uh, Deadly Hollows. Yeah, the Deathly, the Sun of Deathly Hollows. These little earrings. And I was like, these are so cute. They're like six dollars. Like these are awesome. Like what other earrings do they have? So of course I get sucked in, looking around, and then I saw this sparkly cup. It is silver, like glittery. I'm like a f- raven. I'm like glittery, and then it says necromancy. It's called recycling, which speaks to my D&D heart so much. And I cackled probably out loud in the booth like a psycho. Jason had already left and he couldn't believe that I was buying things when he came back around. I'm like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so that's- No, I left because I had no interest in that booth. I didn't. It wasn't that you were buying. I assumed you were going to buy stuff, but mostly I didn't want to walk around that booth. Then why'd you came back and yell at me? I didn't yell yes, at you. Yes, you did. You're probably assuming that I yelled at you. I, no, you legitimately did. 
And I'm going to have Jamie, she'll back me up on this. She was there. <laughs> she heard We you. can talk about it tomorrow and she can send me straight. That's right. Because you're like, what are you, what are you, what are you buying now? What are you getting? Okay, that's not yelling. That's questioning. In like a raised voice. It's all about the tone, man. <laughs> it's like you're new here. <laughs> but I got this awesome cup um, and these really cool earrings. Um, the guy who was in the booth, which is Arcane Raven, which I couldn't remember that because I didn't, I personally didn't see it largely prominently displayed their name. So I only knew it by the receipt that it sent to my phone. Um, like his wife makes the cups. Um, one of their friends makes the jewelry. Uh, he does some books. So then I spent enough between myself and my friend. It wasn't just me. Uh, we spent enough to get to roll this big, like fluffy D20 and then you win a prize. And I won this really cute little canvas bag that says, um, board, board game addict, board game addict. I was like, it's board game something. Oh my gosh. My brain really is, is spent after camp and it's, (laughs) (laughs) I swear it's so bad. It was really cool. Um, and while, yes, there were a lot more of, like, these game-related type booths, they still had some really cool stuff. And I really like supporting, like, small artisans and people like that, which is another booth I stopped at that I bought stuff at that I don't know what Jason thought about this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. It was this little booth called Studio Kurahan, and um, it's a husband and wife, Kelsey... And her husband, Ben. And so Ben is like a mechanical engineering background. So he likes to do um, like 3D printing and stuff. And Kelsey does like graphic design and um, crocheting. So I saw this fan that had soot sprites on it because I'm a Studio Ghibli nerd. And I love the little soot sprites. Um and they're eating their little like star candy, which I used to get as a child. My grandma would bring it from Japan and we would have it. Um, and she's like, oh, I also have lanyards with soot sprites on them. And I'm like, dude, I have to have a lanyard so I could change out the Origins lanyard for this really cute one with soot sprites on it. Um, Studio Kurahan, they've got really cute little stuff um, that she makes. Some Legends of Zelda stuff, some Pokemon stuff. But I... Love little soot sprites, so I got a lanyard and a fan, and that was really fun, too. Speaking of that, do you know where your lanyard is? Yes, I do. Okay, I was going to say, since you're starting your job, that's the whole reason you wanted that thing. It's on the desk right out there. Okay, I got it. All right. Jeez. I mean, my brain is spastic right now, but I do know where my lanyard is. <laughs> I, I, I believe you. I was like, once we got home from the from Origins, I forgot all about it. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, that lady was nice. Her art was good. Um, not stuff I'm interested in, but stuff I, I do wonder. I do wonder though, why has there never been a game that's Studio Ghibli? <laughs> I don't know. That seems weird. I wonder if Miyazaki would sell the rights or not. You know what I mean? It would just be license. I know, but I don't know if like he he's real careful about his licensure. Because I mean, there's a Studio Ghibli museum in Japan. They actually have like a Ghibli park now. Like, almost like kind of like an amusement park. Um, so I don't know if they're just... Disney has some rights to it, which is probably yeah. why. I was going to say Disney could sell the the rights, maybe. Unless that's not part of their deal. But I don't, I don't know. know. It just got me thinking. Like, Japanime has all these themes. 
all these IPs from anime and stuff, mm-hmm. but there's never been a Ghibli one, which just seems crazy to me. That is crazy. I mean, Kiki's Delivery Service would be the easiest one, but even like... Broom sp- Service. But even like Spirited Away, no. Yeah, Spirited Away, you could do like working at the bathhouse and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems ripe for a game. It could be like Kanban almost, but you're running an efficient bathhouse with cleaning it. And then like instead of Sandra, it's Yubaba. I'm going to retheme Kanban, so maybe you'll play it. I'm going to retheme it as Spirited Away. Okay, if you do it, I will. <laughs> I don't know who No Face is. He'd have to be like uh, some special inspector or something, but Sandra would have to be Yubaba, who like comes and yells yeah, at everybody. Yeah. That's funny. So (laughs) my final thoughts on Origins. I always enjoy Origins. Um, You know, Columbus is very close to us. We spend a lot of time there. It's always nice to meet, to go with a lot of people that are our friends that game and get to have the con experience with them. Um, We like going over to North Market for lunch. Um, It's also a nice time just to be able to get people together and stay up late playing games like it. There's something so great about cons, and the fact that this one is close makes it really nice. I really hope that it's not going to dwindle as far as the content of games they actually have in the future, because I we just aren't people who sign up to play events and stuff. I'm there strictly for the ex- the exhibit hall and time with friends. Well, yeah, and we don't normally have a ton of days that we can spend there. Right. With the kids and all that stuff. So, yeah, we try to do a lot of it in one or two days. And I feel like if it stays like this, one day is probably sufficient. Um, But, you know, I really do hope. I did read something that attendance was up from last year, oh, which good. is good. Good. But I'm hoping that maybe if attendance goes up, maybe some of the publishers will decide, hey, maybe we should go back there. You know, even if we sell a thousand games, that's a thousand more than we would have sold. So, I don't, I don't know. I just, I want it to be like it was before the pandemic. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But maybe more ga- more companies like last night will show up and I'll have new little companies that I enjoy. So, kind of a bittersweet type of thought that I have on it. Yeah. So, if you went to Origins, tell us about it and why did we not see you? Um, of course, we were only there on Thursday. So, we did, we did run into some people who said they had watch us or listen to us which i always think is crazy town like i just feel like once a week or once every other week jason and i just talk to each other and it just goes out into space for no one to hear but apparently some people do listen to us uh i had somebody recognize my purple hair which i thought was funny because it's been like three shade three different shades between now and the last time it was purple um but tell us about your origin experience or your thoughts on cons in general or are you holding out for gen con you know we're hoping to get over there at least one day maybe again with our you know i've got a new job and with our kids um it's a little bit difficult for us to do that but fingers crossed um we'd love to hear your thoughts on the cons of the summer here in the states yeah i don't have a ton to add um so yeah, I got nothing. Great, thanks for that. <laughs> I'm like that guy on Major League who's next to Bob Euchre, who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't ever chime in. <laughs> yeah, Marty, that's his name, Marty. If I ever pass out, though, I guess you'll have to take over. <laughs> 
He threw the ball. It was a strike. He is out. Oh, boy. Well, I've been Katie. <laughs> and I'm Marty. <laughs> Keep gaming, everybody. <laughs> Keep gaming. <laughs> Although I've been kind of a space cadet, so you really had to step it up this time. <laughs> <laughs>